Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochilpreno. Hello, Andy. Good morning slash afternoon. What's up, brah? Oh, you know, just waking up, coffee, dirty sports. You, yeah. you, you, you get more of your day in before we start, but. I do. I just get up, I make coffee. I come right on show. Yeah, I try, I try to go to the bathroom if possible, and I go right to the show. In fact, I forgot to open my blinds. Let me open my blinds. I like a little sun shining in. I am really enjoying having a basement to poop in. That's, that's one of the things that I've enjoyed since moving back to the house is waking up, walking down to the basement, and just take that nice – clean big old morning dump in yeah. the basement i like i I'm, I'm not sure i've ever heard somebody refer to a dump as clean a nice clean well if, if you eat right and i've been trying to eat better in the last like let's say few days not that long you know where it's it's clean it's it's cleanly coming out of the old uh mm, i don't think anybody wants to hear this yeah, I, well, i'm just i'm just having my coffee andy well, I like I like the discussion of like go, where your bathroom environment like yeah basement bathrooms great you know we used to have a we used to have a bathroom in in my house growing up we called it the the library bathroom it was really just like a we didn't really have like a library but there was this like weird middle of the house sitting room that was originally our uh, living room but then when my parents put an extension on they, it just became like my dad's library just had a desk and a bunch of leather bound books. Uh, but it was like the hidden secret quiet bathroom. So we didn't have a basement bathroom, but it was like, it was the go-to poop bathroom. Yeah. So I like the poop environment. I don't know if we need to talk about the crispness with, with which it ejects from you. My, my crisp bowel movements. Certainly not before I've had my coffee. As you plug your coffee makes me poop mug. Mm -hmm. It's a good mug. Thanks. I like it. Just want everybody to know. If I'm well, drinking this, we've got we've got things to do before we can go anywhere or do anything. Well, you know, I'd like to get before we get into the actual professional sports, I want to give an update on the Immaculate Heart of Mary third grade boys basketball team. Yes. Is it true that you guys will be moving to a bubble that all that you will have to be living in quarters with third graders for the next three months until the championship can be settled. Is that true? I hope because that? we might need that because the latest updates are there third, there are three third grade basketball teams at the school that I'm coaching. Two are currently on quarantine, multiple players contracted COVID. So now I believe 18 or 19 boys are under quarantine multiple teachers. It has spread so bad. The latest update yesterday from the school that I saw was starting next Tuesday, the entire school will go back to virtual learning through January 4th, which makes me think our season is done. 
Yeah, I was going to say, why are we still why are we still trying to fit in this third grade basketball season? Although I still haven't gotten it. So like the cable TV money, we just got you know you got to do what you got to do. So I so I don't know, Joe the the commissioner of the school who manages all the teams, both boys and girls, has not sent out an official email. But I'd assume if the students have to go virtual through January fourth, there's no way they're going to allow them right to play basketball if they can't go to school right so i hate to say it it looks like our season is done and yesterday was by far our worst practice as well the kids were out of control they weren't listening it was the first practice where coach ruther got got mad that was do you have a whistle i do okay i feel i feel like that's very effective for kids of that age well you know the mo has been like i'm the chill coach i try to bring more of the zen phil jackson mentality (laughs) but yesterday they weren't listening i put them on the line multiple times full coach monkey on them well you know i had to make them run a bunch wow fear-based learning yeah which i've been told that suicide sprints is now inappropriate at least i've seen that on social media you can't say suicide sprints no i have no problem saying it calling it that is that the yeah okay we have not been issued any orders but i've seen time to get on the line for self-harm sprints (laughs) yeah have you seen any of this i'm surprised you haven't i've seen multiple things on social media from people saying you have no clue what that does to the psyche of high school and grade school kids when you tell them that there are kids that could be suicidal and you telling them to run suicide. Well, I, you know, I know that even these days, the it's a, it's not a suicide pool. It's an elimination pool on Yahoo. Like if you're, if you're picking, you know, you got to pick an NFL team not to lose. It's an elimination. It's like, remember when it was just be called suicide? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, Joe, I think the only natural segue from third grade basketball is to go to the NBA because a lot has been happening here in the last 24 hours. I mean, are we going to start with which with what is essentially third grade basketball drama in the Clippers locker room? Yeah, we can start right there. Yeah. The only thing about every all the drama that's going on with the Clippers that isn't that wouldn't be third grade basketball drama is that much of it came out on the all that smoke podcast slash show where Steven Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes, like uh, probably sell weed to kids via the mail. Like what the, I like the, all that smoke with just like the smoky things. Like they're just going all that smoke. You can't say suicide sprints anymore, but you can have all that smoke podcast on showtime on showtime. Well, I, I've never actually listened to the podcast. I did listen to the clips, and I also read the big story that came out of the Athletic. Right, Athletic is coming clutch. Shout, Shout out, out again, Connor Ross. Connor Ross hooking it up. The Athletic has been clutch for us because they do write a lot of great stories. So basically, your critique of Doc Rivers, which I have joined, I full heartedly agree with basically everything you said about Doc is worse than what we even thought. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the, the, you guys, if you remember when I did the locker room visit to the Kawhi Paul George Clippers locker room, I painted a picture of 
two guys that let the whole team do their press first. They show up late. Kawhi is surrounded by security. He has one guy that's with him at all times. It's like a bodyguard. You're not allowed to talk to him until he turns around at his locker. So I have, you know, I don't want to say I scooped the athletic. Uh, shout out Chris Wild for, uh, you know, getting me in the locker room. But I, I talked about how there is clear special treatment for those guys just in the locker room and the way they're handling the press and all that, you know, last year. But also, we, this is something that has kind of been hinted about. But now as it's coming out and Paul George is jumping in to like, you know, almost defend himself throw you know throwing other people under the bus it it is it's just very clear that doc rivers while not being a very good strategic coach also did a terrible job of managing the egos like phil jackson who you know people argue one of the greatest coaches of all time certainly has the hardware to prove that he's one of the greatest coaches of all time a lot of people are like, you know, Phil Jackson wasn't really a great strategist. He wasn't even the biggest fan of the triangle, but the, it worked for, you know, having Tex Winter originally bring it in and it worked. And so he stuck with this strategy that worked, but really what he was great at was the ego management, getting these guys to play together, getting these guys to care, the motivation, all that. What is Doc Rivers qualified to do at this point? Real nice guy. That's it? Real if, nice guy? If you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan, it's got to be painful to read this stuff. First of all, if there's one thing I know about Philadelphia sports fans, they're delusional. So they have long talked themselves into Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is uh, you know, going to be coach of the year. They're going to go to the finals and possibly beat the Lakers. Carson Wentz just needs... Uh, receivers. Doug Peterson is, you know, lightning brain. He knows what he, he's, he's out coaching everybody. Well, let's, sta- let's, let's, before we go on an Eagle or on like a Philly rant, I want to get back to what exactly was leaked in the athletic article. We already knew from other sources, right? That Paul George and Kawhi Leonard received preferential treatment, but the actual perks have now been revealed. So let me just read a few of these. Both Leonard and Paul were the only players to have their own security, also their own trainers. Leonard and George had power over the – these are some crazy things. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had power over the team's practice and travel schedule, leading teammates to believe Leonard canceled multiple practices – Kawhi was allowed to live in San Diego and commute from there, which often made him late for his team flights. And back to your media thing, Leonard and George typically didn't speak to the media until at least 45 minutes after games concluded. That way, basically, the rest of the players became the voices for the team. And this is one's crazy. Teammates also believe that Leonard and George were able to pick and choose when they played. Not only did they sit out games entirely, but also at times they accepted or declined playing time in the moment of games. Wow. So there's, there's a couple of different things here in terms of all this stuff. First of all, 
who the fuck is Paul George? <laughs> like, like, honestly, that, that's the, it's the, it's the equivalent of, you know, go across the hallway to the Lakers locker room. Rajon Rondo called the shots on when he played and when he didn't. Who the fuck is Paul George? Paul George has done nothing in the NBA to qualify him as some sort of superstar preferential treatment. Just bottom line, hasn't done it. The other thing is, when you talk about this being Kawhi Leonard, you know, I know Kawhi Leonard with the, you know, he's quiet and the, the funny laugh and the low-key personality and the whatever. For a minute there, he was everybody's darling. He was the reason the Toronto Raptors, you know, won their first championship. He's going to be Deion Sanders everywhere he goes. He's going to run around town delivering a championship. Kawhi Leonard was the best player on a great Raptors team that won the championship. Before that, he was a guy on the San Antonio Spurs who had obvious and significant beef with probably the greatest basketball coach of all time. Like people forget that the the San Antonio days ended poorly, weirdly, him not showing up, him communicating through his own trainers. Like this has been a Kawhi Leonard issue for basically the last half of his career since he became quote unquote a star in San Antonio. He's been a problem. Yeah, I think that's a good point. He, get, he seems to have gotten a pass because he is quiet. He's more introverted, reserved. I think the fact that he's not out there with you know, his showmanship or even on like, social justice issues, he's just a quiet guy, right? I if, think- if, this, if, if, if these actions, if this report comes out about any big-time NBA star, LeBron, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Russell Steph, Westbrook, Luca, any of these guys, any of these big name guys, this is sort like LeBron would be being spit fire roasted on the ESPN morning shows if it was like he's showing up late to team flights because he demands he lives in this other part. Of, he gets to pick where he plays. Yeah. Where now, and when he plays. Now I understand what he brings on the court. You understand that. We all understand how good Kawhi is. You know, he's one defensive player of the year, obviously multiple finals MVPs takes, you know, and he won that with two different teams and two different conferences, but it really is a bad look. And obviously it didn't work. And to set up this system, I'm not even going to put this all on doc, Joe, you got to put it on, but you got to put it on the owner as well you know Steve Ballmer is very hands-on he's screaming and yelling at every game as he sits behind the hoop I'm just saying like this to me is a top from the organization to the bottom everybody involved seems culpable here I, I just think to be totally honest with you first things first it's an overestimation of Kawhi Leonard as a basketball player you're going to turn over your organization to Kawhi Leonard and let him do whatever he wants because of what? Like, let's talk about where he actually, what he has actually done in terms of taking, he was on a San Antonio Spurs team, which won 50 games 
since LeBron, since Kawhi Leonard was in diapers. Every year, they won 50 games. You have success with the with the San Antonio Spurs. You won a Finals MVP with the San Antonio Spurs. Cool. So did Tony Parker. If you turn your team over to Tony Parker, you're a fucking lunatic. Okay? Then Kawhi Leonard goes to a, a Raptors team that's the one seed every year. And, yeah, he puts them over the top. No doubt about it. He's one of the best players in the NBA. But look at what happened in the Clippers. He's not show up at your team immediately. They didn't make the conference finals. And you could say it's part of this. This, this is why they didn't. But I would just say that everything that somebody demands is justified if they bring winning and they, they push you over the top. I'm certain that Tom Brady has his own trainer in Tampa Bay and has a special locker room where he can mouth kiss his son before games without anybody seeing it. But he changed the culture in Tampa Bay. What have you done? You, you got the Clippers to the second round? Whoa. Wow. That's, why, that's why people are talking about this. If this all happened and the Clippers lose in the NBA Finals, this isn't a story. This, what, what you set up worked then. But, what, but the reason this is coming out is because you didn't really make the Clippers that much better. I'm a little torn on this one because he did take Toronto to that next level. I mean, they just floundered year after year in the playoffs. And when Kawhi got there, I feel like his mindset really did take and, them. And what did that coincide with? What do you mean? That, that coincided with LeBron James leaving the East. Every year, Toronto's good. Boston's good. Who's the one seed? Doesn't matter. You're not going to the finals. You can go 73 and nine. You're losing to LeBron James. I mean, that's certainly an argument. It, it, like, they got to the finals. They won with obviously an injured Golden State team. He won the, he won the finals MVP. Let's not forget, yes, he hit a huge, like, he hit that shot against the 76ers, but that series came down to that shot. Like, they got, they got some, like, great shot by him. They get lucky in the finals with injuries, and they get lucky that LeBron James isn't in the East anymore. Yeah, but I, I don't want to go that far. I'm not going to agree with you there. I don't want to say lucky. I, I, think, I think Kawhi is that good of a player. I, I just think, obviously, this is not a good look, what happened with the Clippers. I also think – I will just say that he, he's good. Yeah, he's a great player. He's not good enough to demand the things he demanded. So who if is? He, That's the if question. He, because if he was – the guys that were on the Clippers before him, I mean, the, the story, but, but, it's, it's but who all is, these. Joe, re- real quick, who is? Like, but, you're saying he's not going to, who is good enough to make these demands that he made? LeBron James, Kevin Durant. It, the, the list, you, you're running out of list, really, the, the list is pretty short because. You so need those to have two a, guys. You need to have a certain amount of years in the league and you need to have a feeling like you bring something that no one else did. Like, I don't know that Steph can say this stuff because look at, you know, Steph works because he's in the mix like that. He's not, a, he's not head and shoulders above the rest of the guys in the locker room. I, yeah. think the, I think the Warriors work because 
Stephen Clay, Stephen Clay, Stephen Clay and Dre. What pushed them over the top was when Kevin Durant comes in and goes, I make teams better. I am a killer. I come here, we win. The Nets are going to be better because Kevin Durant went there. Yeah. Not because Kyrie Irving went there. Like, you know, the, the problem is you can say Kawhi is this, is that, but here's the thing. This whole story is unnamed sources here, unnamed sources there. This guy inside the locker room. It seems to me that like, it seems pretty obvious to me. We're talking about Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harold, the guys who are the core of this team before Kawhi Leonard comes in, says, this is how we're going to do it. Doesn't improve the team. And they're like, yo, we could get to the second fucking round without you. And now we're not sitting on a plane going, where's Kawhi? Stuck on the five? Well, the other things that we have to talk about are some of the coaching problems, which I, I think here's what I think. We have to, we have to, and I think you might have said this earlier. We have to say that Paul George is doing somewhat damage control by going on this podcast because now he's trying to put a lot of blame on Doc, right? Right. So Paul George said the following things. We never worked on adjustments. We never worked on what to do differently. He's referring to the Denver series. We just had the same shit happen over and over. And he goes on to say the convo should have been, we need to change this as far as their scheme, their planning against the Nuggets. And then he dropped the big bomb 30 seconds later and claims that the Clippers did not practice the whole year. Listen, Doc Rivers is a bad basketball coach. I've said that before. I'll say it again. Doc Rivers, terrible strategically, seems like a nice guy. But if you're not controlling your locker room, what do, what do we have left here? Great in press conferences? You're not, he's not good. He has one championship, which is the only reason that he's in conversation as a great coach in the NBA. When, again, I always say that one championship should be a, a knock instead of a trophy because he only got one. And the, the problem with the Paul George thing, and, and again, I'm not defending Doc. Doc's terrible. They'll, I don't know if they're going to be better with Tyron Lue because Tyron Lue's also terrible. But the thing about Paul George is no one was dissing Doc. You know what I mean? Paul George is now dissing Doc because Paul George, like you said, is trying to do cleanup. But those guys, when they weren't getting to the conference finals, you didn't hear the core of that team, Pat Beverly and Lou Williams and Montrez and all the guys that were there prior to Kawhi and Paul George trashing Doc when they get knocked out in the second round. So you can trash Doc all you want. I'm the king of trashing Doc. Doc deserves to be trashed. But Paul George, like you said, is doing cleanup on people talking shit about him and the guy who he quote unquote got brought in with. Well, look, I, I want to take it back. And you know me, I always love doing this with organizations that have been bad and poorly run. And, and I'll go back to that. Like when you try to change a culture, and that's what the Clippers are trying to do. And that's what Steve Ballmer has been trying to do since he bought the team from Donald Sterling. It's not easy to change 30, 40 years 
of futility and that many years and decades of a team losing and being the laughing stock, not just of the NBA, but in their own city. And they have a big hole to dig out of, in my opinion. Like, like the Clippers. I, they- would, I would disagree with you though there. Cause we've seen it across other sports. We've seen, we've seen new ownership come in and completely change franchises and completely revitalize them and completely take them maybe not obviously the clippers yes are it's have a been a little bust for them right i mean that's what it was sure but but also it's western conference finals or what the fuck are we doing here because they didn't even make the conference finals and that's my point they've still as a organization never made the western conference finals but so, i will say but i will say i've i've been saying this all along cool story new owner new jerseys new Kawhi. your coach stinks and now they got rid of a coach. But unfortunately, they didn't bring in a guy who's going to change the culture. Yeah. They brought in Tyron Lou. So good luck to the Clippers. And the NBA's against us. It's QAnon drinking the blood of. Well, I, I was just about to bring up our boy, Sam Tripoli. What did he claim the Clippers were going to go last year? 70. I think he said 75 and 7. Yeah. <laughs> And they didn't even make it past the conference semifinals. To be fair, that was a number he like. Somebody had to. He, I think he originally said like eighty-five and five, and they were like, "Dude, there's eighty-two games in the NBA season." So like, the dude doesn't watch basketball. I'm not even sure. Like, is is punch drunk sports still a thing, or is Tripoli just like, you know, literally? got a micro like a magnifying glass and he's going around pizza shops in DC trying to find like, you know, people drinking the blood and eating the adrenochrome of small boys. I actually heard hidden in pizza ovens. I heard his new conspiracy is that LeBron James is responsible for all these monoliths that are popping up all over the world. Just, just more LeBron hardware. Yeah. Well, Joe, that's a great segue to discuss the Lakers who are on the opposite side of the spectrum from the Clippers. They have re-signed LeBron for an additional two more years, so three years total, including this season. Anthony Davis today is re-signing for five years, four years with an additional optional fifth year. So basically, the main takeaway that everybody should know is LeBron and AD, as of today, have three more years together coming off a time. Minimum, right. Minimum. Yep. How many more do they get, Andy? Three more years together. I mean, look, Father Time is undefeated, even though LeBron is, uh, we know, has basically been the only one to push that, in my opinion. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think they get one more. One more. Okay. I think when you look around the NBA, as opposed to the, um the nfl the the obviously with now the new thing is quarterbacks can play into their late 30s or early 40s it you can see it happen you see the guys hang on you know you see the you see peyton manning get the super bowl on his last legs you see tom brady looking a little suspect uh in the nba at least over the last i'd say 15 20 years it's literally a cliff you know Kobe snaps his Achilles. Yeah. Like these guys, it's just one day they're there the next day, you know, one part of their body gives up 
and then whatever. So yeah, LeBron has for sure. Obviously he had, he had the one year speed bump with the groin injury, never really recovered, you know, kind of pees away their first year on the Lakers. But obviously that, that also led to some fantastic changes in, in their coaching staff in, in, in getting Anthony Davis, blah, 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 blah. Um, LeBron, no sign of slowing down, but again, any, you know, knock on wood, hopefully nothing happens. Obviously I'm hoping he just stockpiles everything, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I think, I think they get two more. You need to get two more chips. Yep. I think in, in three years together, I think they lose, I think they could go, I think they could repeat this year. Maybe, maybe have one off and and come back for one more or potentially go three peat and then you know the the swan song year wow I, it's i think it's easy and safe to say one more because this year obviously you got you have clay looks like missing the entire season again a lot of uh, confusion in where players are going to play obviously we're going to talk about john wall to houston so what does that mean for the James Harden to the Nets talk? Uh, but like to me right now in the moves that have happened in the drafting of like who jumped, the Lakers have gotten, in my opinion, better, significantly better. I agree. I don't know another, they won the championship. Did any team that was close to winning the championship get close to as much better as the Lakers have? I mean, the Schroeder's a nice pickup because Sol you know, they're Montrez Montrez. How am I forgetting him? I mean, I agree. I, I think they got significantly better. Now you never know how it plays out. Right. We saw that with the Clippers, not to compare, but how guys mesh and how they play together as a team. But I do have confidence. <laughs> Schroeder's not coming in and determining their practice schedule. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Montrez is just going to be happy. is isn't Doc Rivers anymore. Yeah. Frank Vogel, a competent NBA coach. I mean, obviously, the Lakers are the odds-on favorite to repeat. And, and, and I think at this point... The Clippers get worse. The, I, th- like, I mean, we're talking about the teams that competed. The Mavs get older, which is better for them. Obviously, they're younger. The Nuggets get older, which is better for them. But, like, no one made a leap. I think at this point... Maybe it's maybe he needs one more title for this, but I think LeBron is in a way playing with house money because he got a chip his second year in Los Angeles. He's got four now. I, I think, I think, I think this title alleviates a lot of pressure for himself as far as his legacy. Well, we all know. Listen, we all know that the the internet talks a lot. Sure, and and LeBron hears it all because he references a lot of it in press conferences and he references a lot of it when people ask him about what he thinks about his career. I think LeBron James knows his legacy at this point, knows he has four rings, knows he's going to finish with the most points, knows he's going to finish as the best statistical player ever, but also knows literally the only thing that people have to argue against him is a gif of Kobe Bryant counting how many rings Shaq carried him to. And people saying Michael Jordan won six championships. And luckily for LeBron James, most of the internet generation has no idea 
that Bill Russell won 11 rings. So we don't have Bill Russell counting 11 rings gif or else LeBron would really be in trouble. But the, you know, the millennials out there who think no one won more championships than Michael Jordan at six, Robert Ory was seven, is, uh, is that, you know, that's what he's chasing. So if he gets two more, good night and good luck. And I think he yeah. knows that. Well, I, I think the, like, that's why I said, I think the one is very important definitely to match Kobe and plus that would give him 11 finals appearances, but you know, I'll let, I'll let the internet people do their thing. I'm going to stay out of it, Joe. I know you won't. I'm going to let them argue and fight. I, I think I know where I'm at personally, as far as where I stand and where I've stood the last couple of years. Um, anything he does as far as from a basketball perspective would just be icing on the cake for me. Um, but and you and and everybody knows where I've stood four years for like you know when you had two championships yeah and we had three and I, you know we're there's a lot there's a lot of NBA to talk and there's a lot of things to talk but when we get to the NFL I have uh, I have a hot take there as well along the lines of you know me jumping on an early LeBron bandwagon but uh, I think it's I think that they're the favorites. And I think that if LeBron's healthy, I don't see how they don't win this year. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but like if I'm the Lakers, I'm not scared of a Durant Kyrie Nets team. Yeah. I mean, again, they are going to be the favorites, but it's so tough to predict sports. As we know, I do it wrong all the time. The Ruther curse is real. So I would put, you know, gun to my head. Of course, I think most people are going to say the Lakers, but let's transition into the big trade yesterday. Russell Westbrook is traded to Washington for uh, John Wall and a 2023 first-round protected pick. I love it for the Rockets. I, I just do. I mean, on, on the surface, this is this pointing Spider-Man meme, right? Like, on the surface, you're trading, like, precocious – shot first point guard for precocious shot first point guard but uh john wall way less me first dribble guy just from a dribbling standpoint uh than westbrook i just think john wall fits a pairing with james harden better well he's more of your traditional point guard yeah all i mean he's you know he's still not quite a traditional point guard you know he's still a modern point guard but he's not russell westbrook in must dribble at the basket at all times. Yeah. Um, but also they get a first round pick. I know it's protected, but you get a first round pick for it. And obviously the, the flip side of that would be, well, John Wall's injury prone. John Wall's been hurt. I mean, look, I saw somebody tweet yesterday, him, him 360 lefty dunking. Like he's healthy right well, now. You he know, has, does he, he, does he stay in- healthy? Yeah. We'll see. But, but, but to your James Harden point, he's gone, Joe. They're cleaning uh, house. So they're cleaning house, but they got John Wall? Everything I've read, and, and I've been reading a lot, as much as I can, is pointing to James Harden's. Like, this is the first step of a complete and utter rebuild and blow up of the Rockets team. I, to me, what, what are you doing that for then? <laughs> what, what is the John Wall? Then why are you trading for John Wall? I don't know, but I... I I don't know if it was the ringer or the athletic one of them today of the articles that I read was saying they'd be shocked if, again, this is just one writer's opinion, 
but these are insiders, so I do value their opinions, saying they'd be shocked if James Harden was on the team come opening day. Wow. I mean, I, I would have said that a week ago, no doubt about it, because the stories are all out there that he wants to go, that he wants to go to Brooklyn, that he wants to go wherever. To me, it seemed like he was saying, at the very least, yes, I'd like to be traded, but I don't want to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. Trade Russ. Trade me. Trade both of us. I don't care. I don't want to do this anymore. But the thing is, I mean, I guess you get that first-round pick back and the contracts are a wash. But I also feel like Russell Westbrook has value in terms of star power, in terms of whatever. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they try to trade him just for picks and just for, you know, future whatever. And they had, this is the only way to get the thing done financially or the only taker they would have. But to me, it seemed like at least this was like a, we got rid of Russ. What do you think about you and John Wall? Like, I don't know. That, that to me, what it seemed like. To me, trading for John Wall to be your rebuilding point guard seems kind of crazy well and now he becomes the second wall in the state of texas to make a splash never forget the great early 2000s rapper paul wall i have forgotten (laughs) i don't think i could pick paul wall out of a lineup yeah you could you remember white yeah he's white okay you knew that much he used to do with uh, he used to do some songs with Mike Jones, and then he had that that big hit with Nelly. Is he the one that got me blocked by the Black Lives Matter guy, or was that like riff raff? I I when I saw a it's, picture I saw a picture of Sean King and was it's like Paul Wall. I thought Sean King was Paul Wall this whole time. You know the Nelly song Grills, right? Sure. You know you hate you hate like early two thousands rap. I, I honestly kind of do, but also, and you know, this, I never your, your knew. Your girl, I bet you're, hold on real quick. I bet you. Oh, I know. I know she is. She loves probably singing, that probably song. Sing, probably singing it in the other room right now. Um, <laughs> you know, this, this might go to my, you know, m- my pseudo hatred of the flyovers too, but like none of that middle rap ever spoke to me either. Texas? Like I just, just any of it. Your Texas rap, your Missouri rap, your your Carolinas rap, like all that stuff. Like, what about Atlanta, man? I, sure, some- Atlanta, yeah, totally. Out, you know, Outcast, Ludacris, all that. Like that worked, but like for me, it was like East Coast, West Coast. I'm the West Coast rap is certainly secondary to me, but I appreciate it. But that middle stuff, like you know, if you reference Waffle House in your shit, I'm out. What about Chicago, man? Kanye. Yeah, I like Kanye. That's middle of the country, Joe Prano. Yeah. Metropolitan area. Middle of the country, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Give a little love and respect. By the way, I did a podcast. Uh, uh, the host, she put you on blast, the podcast I did recently. Oh, really? Well, she listened to the Out episode. Out of nowhere? No, she listened to the episode of you... Uh, discussing the midwest versus california and she was very upset because i assume she's a midwesterner yeah i even made the joke uh she's like he's talking about applebee's and then and then she confessed that one of her first jobs was working at applebee's and i said <laughs> i said so he's kind of correct there yeah yeah 
you know, it was pretty funny. She's like, but the patrons are so nice. They'd always come in to see me. It was like a real, it was like a neighborhood bar. Yeah. No, it was, it was a fun podcast. I tweeted out. It's called What the Fit. But uh, I, I, I did it. It was pretty funny that it was more of joking for the record because yeah. off air, she's like, dude, you know, I'm just messing around saying, yeah. like, I don't like your co-host. Dude, Midwest people take it seriously, man. Hey, listen, not the first time people have come at me for clout. <laughs> the internet, I mean, have you, you see our mentions lately? I don't know what it is. I don't know what I said on what podcast or what's happening, but like lately it's just like super angry. Like people just no reference angry, like starting burner accounts just to say I'm an asshole. There were there. I saw one last night from some dude from uh, Washington or Seattle. Yeah. Like telling you to suck a fat dick or something. I, I know. This is like the 10th in the, like the last two weeks. Just random, small accounts out of nowhere. What do you think it is? What, what have you said? I, that, uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I have I no idea. I can't wait till the Paul Wall fanboys come at you. Yeah, yeah. Did I lose a Millie? No, no. <laughs> if I lose a Millie, like I got nothing left. I got, I got no stronghold in the South anymore. Yeah. Well, Joe, I, back to the trade real quick. I, I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't like, I don't think it currently does much for either team, like the 2020 no. season. Well, it doesn't do anything for the wizards. What are the no. wizards? Now? What are the wizards now? Yeah. I, 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 I don't said, know. I, I had two tweets yesterday. One, if Russell Westbrook's just going to stockpile empty stats in, in a, on a Washington team, nobody cares about. It's going to be hard for me not to call him agent zero. No, I saw that. And I also saw you tweet a dig at Michael Jordan. What do you mean, Michael? What, what was that one? Oh, the uh, people will just pretend. Oh, I'm glad you knew that was about Michael Jordan. Of course I know it was at Michael Jordan. Yeah. You Everybody knows it was at Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because, because in Michael Jordan's Wizards career never happened. If people are, uh, oh, Michael Jordan, once he won, he never lost. Hey, except, something except when he did. Something we haven't talked about real quick before we leave our NBA discussion. The Raptors are going to play in Tampa Bay this year. Tampa Bay winning. I mean, right? the the hockey team, a World Series appearance. Tom Brady took what? a little bit of an L with Antonio Brown, but like, you know, now you now you get the Raptors. Why did they choose Tampa Bay? I know, I know the cities in the running were Louisville, Kansas City. I think those were the other two big ones. Do you think it's the weather? Yeah, probably. Right? And they're in the east, so, you know, easy commutes to Orlando, Miami, Charlotte, I guess. Where, I don't know. I mean, where would you rather be? I'd rather be in, like, if it's for an NBA Atlanta. season. Yeah, well. If, yeah. Tampa Bay. Sure. Because it's going to be so cold in Toronto. I think Louisville would have been a cool thing. And I said already, I thought Syracuse was the answer if you're just trying to keep it like. Close. Keep it close and keep keep some sort of. So now what? We the South? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I didn't realize how close it is to Orlando. And I was reading about it. It's only, I think it's under an hour. So the point is the players have familiarity with that area. Right. They were just there in the bubble. Going to fish the same ponds at Epcot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, as a player, it's got to suck, though, with your family. And I don't know how that re- relocation works. Well, I mean, we just things. saw the thing with the, you know, 
was it Raheem Mostert on the Niners who like broke down at the press conference and now they're headed to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's wild. And uh, it's us, but like at the same time, like you said, there, there was, they were just there and the families, a lot of them were let into the bubble. So it's like, you know, as far sure. as, as far as life goes, like NBA players can afford to rent a house for half a season, have their, have their kids be in Tampa. Yeah. Well, 2020 has been a year of cancellations, Joe. And as the holidays arrive, I think we'll all be saying farewell to one more tradition, work holiday parties. Work holiday parties canceled. Yeah. I'm sure you know, Joe, those are usually not that much fun. They're awkward. They're uncomfortable. But luckily, we have our friends at Miller Lite to get rid of the work holiday parties and get together with our real friends and celebrate the world's finest Pilsner, which I did with my own family, my sister-in-law, my brother Greg, and their son came over and I told my brother Greg, we're setting up Christmas decorations. I'm gonna get a 12 pack so you can have a couple Miller lights while we enjoy setting up the Christmas tree like a Ruther family tradition. Guys, to celebrate all that extra Miller time with your real friends this season, whether it's virtual or not, get great tasting, less filling Miller Lite delivered by going to MillerLite.com to find the delivery options near you. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know what Miller Lite has, which I was looking on their website the other day, because like you guys, I was at MillerLite.com checking out the delivery options. They got those great, ugly Christmas sweaters back. Christmas sweaters, Christmas socks, Christmas, all the stuff. Oh, you already looked. Oh, as so many people have tagged me in it. You know, I have a great uh, Miller Lite Christmas sweater, but I think I might need to upgrade because, you know, I should definitely have two of these in my in my closet um, just for sitting around the house. Why don't know? I, why don't I reach out to our friends and see if we can, uh, I, think, our I think you should a- absolutely do that, Andy. See if you and I can get one of those. Prano NFL has had a lot of good news this week as far as ratings. Wow. Dude, the NFL is such king Prano. I swear, man, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy to me. And I know we discussed ratings a lot and, how it's an antiquated system, but the ratings for these awful Thanksgiving games were through the roof. The Cowboys Redskin or Cowboys Washington game, I should say over 30 million viewers, Houston, Detroit over 23 million. And then the athletic had a great article as far as Patrick Mahomes games. Obviously everybody wants to watch him. He's must see TV. The Patrick Mahomes games have just been getting insane ratings. And yeah, I mean, for, for, the, for the Thanksgiving thing, first of all, obviously without the parade, I, I mean, I think that there's just a tradition, right? Even if you're not watching for real, it's just a tradition to have football on in the background during, uh, during Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about the antiquated systems uh, of ratings. I'm sure the 25 people that they base all ratings on who have Nielsen boxes in the Midwest, like they all, 
probably nine, you know, 24 to 25 of them tune into that. They go, Oh, well, what else am I going to put on? It's Thanksgiving. So I'm not, I'm not really surprised. Yeah. Um, I know, I know that some of the backs of the helmets say end racism. So I'm su- surprised that didn't derail the holiday ratings, but, uh, well, what is that accomplishing? What is any of it accomplishing? I mean, but, that's, a, that's a fair question. Like, but what, yeah, I mean, we've, we've said this before. What, what is, what do pink gloves accomplish? What I a hundred percent agree. A camo, a camo thing. Yeah. yeah. I, but that, but that's my point. It's, it, it reminds me, I love this. Uh, I'm going to bring it up. Actually. It reminds me of this great uh, Malcolm X quote where he says, the white man will try to satisfy us with symbolic victories rather than economic equity and real justice. It's a pretty good quote. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think that there is, despite, despite people's hatred of it, I think, you know, the NBA, I should, I, I would say, it, like, I think the conversation is an accomplishment in a, in a sense about this stuff. Like, and I also think that there's, you know, from the NBA thing, it's an accomplishment for, to be able to say, Hey, look at this guy who said, I'm not watching the NBA playoffs because I'm sick of black people wanting equality. You go, okay, well, at least we've, you know, at least we can put you on, on a list. Um, but like, obviously the NFL has long avoided uh, caring about its players, trying to give equality to its players. I mean, they blackball Kaepernick. Like, yeah, the sliver at the back of the helmet thing that says end racism in the NFL, yeah, it accomplishes nothing. But the NFL is going like, we're just, we're going to do as little as we can to pretend we're participating, but also not piss off the people who only want to see Cialis commercials and will write letters. Well, it's a, It was the same way with, bringing women into the fold they use that same in my opinion technique for the breast cancer stuff and also and also the i mean look when they when they do have pr things what where are the black and white domestic violence commercials we just we ran those for two years after ray rice knocked his girlfriend out in an elevator and now it's now did we solve domestic violence in the nfl yeah but i'll tell you what man from a business model they are just like no one touches them and it goes back to the show must go on, right? We're seeing it right now. We're seeing the, the Baltimore Ravens without a starting quarterback, without their top two running backs. We're seeing the Denver Broncos pull a guy basically off the street. It is absolutely wild. And I know you said it all along. Did I not say before the season started that you would be starting a quarterback for the Packers before they would cancel a game? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean anything to them. No. Tom Brady I mean, doesn't mean anything to them. We're, we're talking about a guy who had never played a snap in the NFL, started at quarterback for Denver. That's how much the NFL doesn't care about player safety. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a white dude, a black dude, a Samoan dude. Like, they literally just care about the bottom line, which is and, money. And also for the NFL ratings, what's going on right now? Yeah. Nothing. Not, not much. Zero so, things. So I found this story to be interesting, and this goes to show also the power. This kind of ties in with what we're discussing, the power of the owners. This is how I took it. Tyrod Taylor will not file a grievance against the Chargers for puncturing his lung, which to me, again, just shows 
I don't know. Again, this is my opinion. I'm not saying it's true. I take this as there is so much fear from the players, from the ownership or being blackballed or being cast out. And obviously Tyrod Taylor's a backup, but he still probably makes millions. He doesn't even file a grievance, even though somebody. He, he who shall not be named thinks he's actually the starter. And when his lung heals, he'll be back. <laughs> think about that joke. Somebody punctures your lung because they administer the shot in the wrong location and you don't file a grievance. The only reason you're not doing that is because you can't even, even when somebody directly affects your health, you don't want to file a grievance because you're so scared of the shield. Yeah. And also, and like that's the thing is Tyrod Taylor is a guy who really like at this point he's proven that he hasn't proven anything and like, but, but people keep signing Tyrod Taylor and not only that keep starting Tyrod Taylor for, you know, six quarters before they realize that they've made a terrible grave mistake and then they try to murder him so that they can put in another guy. Um, But Tyrod Taylor knows someone out there is going to give him a, another job. Yeah. Someone, someone out there will hire him this off season to be on their roster. Unless, of course, he files a lawsuit against the NFL. And then we know what happens if you file a lawsuit against the NFL. Then suddenly Tyrod Taylor doesn't want to play football. And he's more, uh, he's more interested in being a spokesman for, for malpractice. And then John Elway will be like, I told Tyrod Taylor he could come here and be a running back but he didn't want to you are new my new theme song for you i swear i've said this before on the show it's frozen let it go man but that's that's not me andy i won't let it go but you know what you should do because my therapist actually was recommended to me by you and he's been great for me you should you should start seeing like you should start seeing him again i'm good you think you're good yeah can i can, can I be your therapist? Can I be your online, your podcast therapist? Let's sure. talk about it, Joe. Sure. Why are you holding on? Why are you holding on? Why can't you just let it no, go? No, you know, it's important because essentially what happened is you, you have said, look at what happened to Tyrod Taylor and look what happens with the NFL pretending it's part of, you know, putting the little thing on the back of the helmets. It really does nothing. Sure. My, my point is just sometimes – and everybody comes around and it happened with LeBron and it happened with whatever. But like eventually everybody gets to the point where they go, oh, the NFL doesn't really care at all. Oh my God, the NFL's making a football game happen on Wednesday, even though a bunch of players have it. And then these teams have to turn around and play against the, like, man, the NFL just doesn't give a shit. And I'm going, my point is, guys, the breadcrumb trail is there. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to get you guys to eat the breadcrumbs for years and years and years and years. And when you talk about it, Andy, we have a lot of fans of this show who have been around for a long time who we have these conversations with and, and people go, oh, no, this is this wasn't happening. This LeBron James is this the NFL isn't this. And so the let it go isn't it's not me saying that I can't let it go. It's me reminding people you all argued with me. And now that the now that they've can finish painting the picture and you can see it i just like to remind people i knew what they were drawing from the beginning guys well you know if anyone was defending the nfl caring about or caring about players come on i mean that that's just 
that's ridiculous to ever believe that. I, I mean, this, this game yesterday, what do you make of that game, Joe? What a weird – the whole thing is just so biz- – we've almost entered a Twilight Zone version of the National Football League at this point. It's just odd. And that was just a – it was just a sloppy, bad game. Don't you agree? Of course it was. The starting quarterback of one team was out. They were playing – they were playing Wednesday night football, like they Wednesday were playing afternoon. They were playing NBC, after school. The NBC on NFL Sunday night football Thursday night version Wednesday edition, Wednesday afternoon edition. Shout out to my manager; she she made that joke online. But like, how many times can you guys rebrand? We don't care about the NFL players, so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna like, dude, you're playing without. How many teams play without their starting quarterback? And they're starting running backs. Yeah. I, what I think they needed to do was, you know, Carrie Underwood does the Sunday night football. I think they needed to bring out some, like, C-teamer. Like, like who's the C-teamer for Carrie Underwood to sing it? To, yeah. to match who, a 340. Who's the, who's the Wednesday afternoon version of Carrie Underwood's Sunday night football version? You know who it is? Because oh. it's, it's who I used to watch probably around that time, 3.40 p.m. when I got home from school. It's, it's the Lisa Turtle or Jesse Spano. They needed to be singing it because when I got home from school, I'd be watching Saved by the Bell. Just and Sabrina bu- the Teenage Witch getting ready for <laughs> Wednesday afternoon football. Never, I never watched that show. The Ruther Brothers, I did have to uh, alert my, my fellow brothers that- Topanga from Boy Meets World singing the Wednesday afternoon. Are you ready for Wednesday afternoon football? I think she I've married- been waiting not much of the day for Wednesday early afternoon. I think she married a uh, former uh, guest of the show, uh, Jensen Karp. Who did? Topanga? Topanga did. Wow. Yeah. That's by the hilarious. Way, but yeah, by the way, I had to tell my brothers that Lisa Turtle turned white. And uh, I, I may I have... Mean, I don't even know what that means. So Lisa Turtle is... She went full Sammy Sosa. Oh, okay. A bleached situation? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really rough. And uh, I might have exaggerated a little. This is when we were watching the Mike Tyson fight. So I don't know why we're talking about Saved by the Bell, but we are. And... Uh, I say, Lisa's white now. I said, pull up your phone and Google it. I go, it will crush your soul. And my brother Greg was like, crush my soul? A little little bit of exaggeration there. But he kept bringing it up throughout the fight. He's like, dude, I can't believe this. And I'm like, see, it's crushing your soul because you had a crush on her. Like, like, because we used to debate his brothers and it was usually Kelly Kapowski, but there were still big debates of like, which, say by the bell girl, would you want the most? Or why would you want them? And that's why her going full white, never go full white, never go full white. She went full white. And now she's not even in the new Say by the Bell reboot, by the way. Yeah. She should have she done what Mario Lopez did and started drinking the blood of children to never age a single day. And then she could have played herself in high school. Yeah. I did see the ratings for that Tyson fight, by the way. How were they? pretty good i guess they they're saying but they're saying it's because of logan paul's you know youtube following it got it got over 1.2 million uh pay-per-view buys okay so like 50 million bucks not bad yeah for uh for a a novelty boxing match yeah i i want to see 
Drago fight Stallone. I want to see actual. Ooh. How about that match? I like it. Right? If we're doing, if we're doing old guy boxing now. Yeah. Stallone's in his 70s. If they both die of heart attacks, they die. <laughs> <laughs> you want to look at this week's NFL games, which at this point, I, like, I don't even know the days, times. I got to pull it up. We're all over the map, right? With just the changing of the schedules. I didn't wait at all for Wednesday afternoon because I woke up right when the game started. Joe, as always, this week's NFL picks are brought to you and all the dirt balls by our friends at Game Theory Picks who provide profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. The following subscriptions are available. You can get a weekly, monthly, or yearly since sports came back at the end of July, Game Theory clients have profited in five straight months. A $50 per play better is now up over $1,900. Black Friday was last week, but guess what, Dirtballs? We're extending this deal with our friends at Game Theory Picks to this Friday. They're making it easier than ever to join their team. So right now, Dirtballs can get a first 30 days of Game Theory Picks for just $30. That includes every sport. So right now, visit GameTheoryPicks.com. Do this before Friday and use promo code BLACKFRIDAY. That's one word to cash in on this deal now. Once again, go to GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code BLACKFRIDAY to cash in on this great deal now. And uh, I know you're going to need their help. I know I do, especially with the craziness of this season. There is no Thursday night game, Joe. I'm aware. Okay. Had, now, but there's no Thursday night game because Thursday nights are over because we're in December or no? No. A game was moved from Thursday. Yeah. Got it. By the way, I'm seeing in the YouTube comments, I said Jake Paul. It's Logan Paul who fought, I guess. Yeah. The Chris Paul, Logan Paul, <laughs> Paul Wall, Paul Reiser. Not going to work here anymore, that's for sure. Who gives Paul, a shit? Paula Poundstone. Yeah. <laughs> How about that deep cut? Who got that reference? Paula Poundstone? You think over or under three people? Over. Over. I always like to I always like to remind myself that we do have older dirt balls that just aren't as active in the social media community. True. All right, Joe. The Taysom Hill the, the Taysom Hill road is gonna be on the road now. He's gonna go down to Atlanta where they are three-point favorites. Now, Hill has not looked really that good, to be honest. No. They've and won. it was and, – and way too close a game, at least for a little while, when the other team didn't have a quarterback in now Denver. They, yeah, they've won because their defense – and I don't want to give their defense too much credit against a guy who literally just came off the practice field. But their defense is playing great. And I want to yeah. say something before you make your pick. We've talked a lot – about Bill Belichick in that the Patriots entering this year without Brady were 14 and six. So a 70% winning percentage. Look, man, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill. I'm not trying to take a dig at true breeze, but these are the facts. The saints now in the last year without drew breeze are seven and Oh, can we give some more love to Peyton? Cause it seems like his scheme and his offense that he's running in new Orleans might be greater than Drew Brees at this point? I don't know. It's a discussion. Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, 
I, I was very impressed with what Bridgewater was able to do last year. Bridgewater won some big games. Bridgewater won some games against some real opponents. Um, so far, the Taysom Hill experiment is two games in. He played a, a wildcat game in, in Denver. Um, who did they beat the, the first week with Taysom Hill? Who did they beat? Because I watched that game. Was that Atlanta as well? Was it Atlanta? It was. Okay. So Atlanta last week comes and blows out the Raiders. I, listen, Atlanta, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pick Atlanta in this game, okay? Because I'm, I'm, I'm done being screwed by Atlanta, although even when I don't pick against them, they find a way to screw me. But I'll say this. Atlanta could win this game. And it's hard for me to say, like, the Taysom Hill experiment proves something versus what the Teddy Bridgewater thing is because so far you're beating Atlanta, a Denver team without a quarterback, potentially Atlanta again. Like, I want to see Taysom Hill with this Saints team against a somewhat good football team. And God forbid he loses this week to the Falcons. Well, look, man. I know I'm going to get jinxed because they jinx us both all the time. I'm going to go with the Falcons to love it because that, that helps me to not only win, not only cover win. they're at home. Obviously they had a great game last week from both sides of the ball against the Raiders, but I like the Falcons. I think Taysom Hill, if he's going to win this game, he's going to have to play a lot better. And for that reason, I'm taking the Falcons. For my so this upset. Is, this is this is after you you slurp the Sean Payton. You do you do a Sean Payton Bill Belichick comparison. <laughs> You're like, can we talk about whether or not Sean Payton's better than Bill Belichick? I didn't I say think they that. lose. To, I think they lose to Atlanta. I think I think Atlanta overcomes <laughs> Sean Payton's greatness. Okay. <laughs> All right. The Lions travel to Chicago where the Bears are three-point favorites. I mean, this is just a game I want no part of. Yeah. Who you got? The Lions travel to Chicago. Who's the favorite? The Bears. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll take the Bears. I will I mean, are we doing are we doing are we doing a non-Matt Patricia Detroit Lions road bump. I'm gonna. I'll take the Bears. I'll take the. Uh, God, I just hate picking Trubisky. I'll take the Lions. All right, big game this Free week. Free Matt Stafford. That's all we have to say about that. Yeah, big game this week in Nashville. By the way, before we move on from that, is you know we talked the last episode about moving quarterbacks we've talked i've talked a lot i'm on the free matt stafford campaign what about free matt stafford send him to chicago Ooh, keeping in the division yeah i think he's used to playing all those teams he's used to playing outdoors is this maybe maybe this is the matt stafford show out in chicago game I think Matt Stafford wants to go anywhere but Detroit at this point. Yeah. 
the Browns are eight and three, the Titans are eight and three, and they're playing in Nashville this week. But Las Vegas does not have much faith in the Browns, Joe. Five and a half point dogs. The, the Browns are crazy this year because you know what? The Browns, they're eight and three. Yeah. Nobody's, I've never seen a team, like nobody's talking. I feel like in the years past, if the Browns were eight and three, people would be going nuts. They're, I mean, eight, how many how many teams have a better record? Than eight, are there two teams, three teams? That, I mean, the, the Pittsburgh has a better record than eight and three. The, the Saints, Chiefs. And the Chiefs. That's it, right? That's it. Everybody else has at least three losses. Where are the, Correct. Where are the Packers at right now? Packers are eight and three? Correct. Nine and three? They're eight and three. And that's my point. No one's talking about the Browns. Now, I know that they've mostly won against bad competition. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier when you're going against the NFC East and you get Cincinnati twice. You know, that's five wins right there. But they are finding ways to win games. I don't, not- think, I don't think that they win this game. I think the Titans found something last week. But I'll tell you what. I think that the Titans' strategy of pounding Derrick Henry, the, the Cleveland offense being built around limiting Baker Mayfield and running the ball a lot, um, I like the under in this game, and I like the Browns because I think the spread's too big. I like the Browns, too, for the spread. I like Tennessee to win. I'm going to pose a question to you, though. This is year three of the Baker Mayfield experiment. I believe he has one more year on that rookie contract. Will Baker Mayfield be a member of the Cleveland Browns come 2022 season? Yes. I think he has to really show. Now, he cut down on the turnovers from last year, but I think he really has to show, again, improvement coming down this stretch in the next year. I mean, I think, you know, there's so much, there's so much uh, that goes into this. What are the what are the other options? Sure. You know, I, I don't think you draft a quarterback if you're Cleveland. You're building something great there. You're not gonna have a super high draft pick. You're gonna draft a quarterback at 15 or whatever. You're gonna draft a quarterback in the second round as a baker. No. So unless there's, you know, unless with the way guys start to move around, you see a better option out there that you can get on a value. But even in that case, you almost bring that guy in on a contract. Like, then, then it becomes a question of like, what does Baker want? Baker's doing Hulu commercials and whatever. And is Baker demanding the Wentz Goff deal? Because no. maybe he is, you know. And and then that's a totally different question. Like, if Cleveland's like Baker wants to be the highest paid quarterback in football, I'll be like, take a fucking hike, you know. Right. But if Baker, you know, if Baker's signing some reasonable deal or if Baker whatever, like, it's all about winning games. And right now they're doing that. Yeah. I still give the Browns very little chance to win a playoff game. To win a playoff game. Correct. I mean, I mean, who would they be matched up against in a playoff game right now if the season ended today? They wouldn't have a home game. No. Let me pull it up here. If the playoffs ended – I'm sorry. If the playoffs started today – they would be going to Buffalo. That'd be a good game. Yeah. I still would. I'd, I, I'd like Buffalo at home. Sure. But it would, you wouldn't be like, Oh my God, the Browns, how'd they do it? Although home field advantage won't really matter much. These playoffs. Yeah. 
All right. The Bengals travel to Miami where the Dolphins are 11 and a half point favorite. Your boy Fitz going against Brandon Allen, backup Bengals quarterback. 11 and a half. Seems crazy. The, the Bengals didn't look good last week against the Giants. Obviously, the Giants have uh, Danny Dimes go down mid-third quarter. Probably cover that game uh, as they were in control of it if he doesn't. 11 and a half is ludicrous. I'll take the Bengals. Take your Bengals. It is ludicrous. That's why I'm going to take the Dolphins. Uh, you know, they stayed in that game last week. It was at home. I think it, it was maybe a rally game. They backups in. You know, they're playing for Burrow. I think they get waxed. I think it's a blowout in Miami. Okay. And if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, because I know we have a fair amount of listeners, don't support the team. Join my cause. Do not support the Bengals until Mike Brown sells the team. Don't so give him a dollar. So basically, don't support it. Like, he's not selling the team. Don't don't ever buy a piece of Bengals merchandise. Don't attend a game at Paul Brown Stadium. As long as the Brown family owns the team. You know Justin Wood is sitting in a Browns or in a Bengals robe with Bengals slippers on right now, listening to the show on Bengals headphones, drinking out of a Bengals coffee mug, and he's like, I'm out. (laughs) I, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. But like, obviously now that I've, now that I live here, you know, I'm reading more of the local Cincinnati Enquirer. I just, you see these editorial, like these, these local beat writers. I, I seriously, I'm not joking. I'm going to start a movement here. These beat, there is no defending of this ownership. There's no defending of it. None at all. And I know they do it because they're all cucks and they're scared and they want access to the players or access to the team. And they don't want to talk trash about the owner because if that happens, then they won't get access and they won't get certain privileges. I don't care. I'm the outsider who's back bitches. You should write a Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, you know, editorial letter, send it in. You know what, Prano? And I'm going to find it. I don't know where it's at. I wrote an article in college for, I took like a, a sports, a sports and literature class. It was a really cool class. I think I talked about it. Uh, books that were written about sports or, you know, whatever it was, something like that. And I wrote one of my papers was about the Bengals in 2003 when they went two and 14 um, or 2002, whatever year that was, but nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I've been gone. The prodigal son has returned. I've been gone 20 years. the, The, the irony of you with the let it go. You gave up. You became a Rams fan like four years ago. At this point, you you will not let go the the Bengals. You're like, I'm done with the Bengals. I don't want anything to do with the Bengals. Now you're gonna go into fucking storage and find papers you wrote about the Bengals, so you can Xerox them and send them to the Cincinnati Enquirer. Okay, that's a fair point. But you know what? I'm let it back. Go, let it go. No, this is where I'm from. I, I won't let it go. All right, the Jags and Vikings. Let's just move through this. You need you need to start a second podcast where you just do you know a really short thing, half hour of you talking to local Bengals fans at Applebee's when they when they open it back up, just like this week in Bengals football. Ooh, not a bad idea. Two for twenty. Two people for twenty minutes talking about the Bengals. <laughs> Over the two for 20 appetizer special. I'll tell you what, that is a great cross promotion, Prano. Yeah. That's a brilliant marketing idea. Yeah. Get Applebee's to pay for it. 
Yeah. Two for 20. Two topic, Two people talking about two Bengals topics over the two for 20 Applebee's special. I'm already seeing the reviews. People are like, you know, it was cool at first, but literally every episode, all this guy does is talk shit about the Bengals and about Mike Brown. Played out. One out of five stars. Yeah. Who day? I did, okay. I did, I did like his Dugarita review, though. <laughs> his version Dugarita. What? You don't know about the Dugarita? The Mountain, Dew, the Mountain Dew Margarita? No. I don't think it's at Applebee's. I think it's like some other shitty Midwest chain, like Red Lobster or something. Dugarita? A Mountain Dew Margarita. That is the most white trash shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, I know. There's only one person I know who drinks Mountain Dew. It's my older brother, Brad, and he is such a hillbilly. Yeah. By the way, he went off. Off. Dude, he, 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 I don't, what, what do you call somebody who goes off about people not wearing masks, but he is also a former in combat soldier who's a lunatic? Like, he's not a yeah. Karen. What is he? I don't know. But he goes corporate, bro. You want to hear this quick story? Yes, I do. You know, I'm like mask. Karen's getting thrown out of store. Like that's my porn. I love that. I, my only thing to watch on the internet that makes me happier than that is like those videos when people who like know constitutional law like fuck with the police. That shit gets me very excited. So, one of the big chains around here. It's basically a Seven Eleven version for Cincinnati is United Dairy Farmers. They just call it UDF. So Carl Linder, former Reds owner, he, you know, he sold the team, I don't know, like 10 years ago, but he owned the team for a bunch of years. He's the one who bought it from Marge Shot. You know, he's a billionaire, whatever. He owns Chiquita Banana. He owns United Dairy Farmers. He owns a lot of businesses, right? Great American, uh, Great American Family Insurance, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he owns UDFs and they're all over town, right? My brother goes into a UDF yesterday, probably to get Mountain Dew, and there's some younger kid not wearing a mask, maybe, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. He says, put a mask on or leave. Guy doesn't do anything. He just looks at my brother and he goes, I said, put a mask on or leave. He stares at my brother again, doesn't know what to do. I mean, my brother's draped, always draped in army stuff. So again, it's kind yeah. of a confusing <laughs> thing. So you're yeah. like, Wait, the guy wearing the army football? Are you literally the mask police? <laughs> yeah. So the guy stares at my brother, then he leaves. Then my brother says to the clerk, who's like some 19-year-old kid, like, what are you doing? You, sh you can't let people in here without a mask. And to be honest, I do feel bad for the clerks because they're making $10 an hour. It's not their job to be security. Yeah, yeah. Like, I understand what he's saying, but, you know, some punk kid – I mean, the, the, you know, t t to be totally honest with you, it's it's real easy because I it's happened to me here. Like when when I go went into a coffee shop in Venice, like right after this thing started, and and they were just like, "Hey, we can't serve you without a mask, so you got to get a mask or you got to come back." Like I forgot my mask, and it's like that's all you got to say. Really, it's not like you got to like police people. It's just like we can't we can't serve you without sure. One. And and I agree you with know? you, but who you know that's also L.A. I think people are going to be more civil about that than. Cincinnati, Ohio. So anyway, my brother walks outside and he sees it's a few other kids in their truck. I love and, this. I wish your brother had filmed this for you. And, and, and they're scared though of him. You can see they're, they're not one to go in. And I'm, I'm scared of your brother. I wasn't even there. I was 14 and, states away. And this is the best part. My brother is there with his, with his son and daughter. I got two nine-year-old niece and nephew twins. 
and the the kids had just been hunting. So there's a dead deer in the back of their truck. So this is the type of clientele we have. But they're still scared shitless of my brother, even though they're probably strapped. But God knows my brother's strapped, right? And as my bro- as my brother gets in his car, a fight a, the duel at UDF. I'll meet you at UDF at dawn. Bring your pistol. As my brother gets in his car, they finally have the balls to go in. And the one guy says to my brother, he gives him the middle finger, and then he says, mind your own business, fucker. And uh, my brother says to me, he's like, these kids, if they knew what I could unleash on them if I wanted to. And I'm like, wait, and your kids are watching all this, which to me yeah. is the funniest part. Oh, but my brother get in the back, Get in the back seat and put your head down. Dad's about to unleash a world of pain. But here's the best part. My brother will do that stuff, but he doesn't stop there. He goes to corporate. He goes home. He calls the corporate UDF headquarters and also emails them. And then on top of that, there's a hotline where you can call if people aren't doing the mask. I bet every city has this, right? So there's a hotline in Cincinnati for businesses if they're not obeying the law. He also calls and emails the hotline. So he went home, two emails and two phone calls. Lunatic. I feel like your brother should work. Like I know, I know it, like he's, he's, he would be far from considered like a Democrat, but I feel like Biden should like have him be like his official mask mandate guy. You say that, but I know Democrats, my brother has voted for because of personal beefs with the Republicans. Love it. Like, like, like his vote is, at this point, you'd say, oh, he's a big Republican. But the more I talk to him and get to know him, you're like, you're just kind of a lunatic. I, I love this plan of Biden hiring yeah. him just walking around the country. And like, like his, his press conferences, like the, you know, the head of the mask department. He's just like, I just want everybody <clears throat> to know that uh, you guys should, uh, it's very important. Uh, it's not a national mask mandate. We're not, uh, we're not forcing you to wear it. You can't, we can't legally require you to wear it. But if you don't, I will kick your fucking ass. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What is your... I will find you and I will kill you. Just going full taken. He's like the uh, he's like a John Wick, but with masks. He's just yeah. going around, just kicking dudes' asses. Yeah. All right. Back to some football. Jags, Vikings. The Vikings are ten point favorites in Minneapolis. I'm gonna go Jags. What did the Jag- Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll go Vikings. Vikings. Uh, they they lose a couple weeks ago to. The Cowboys officially seals their fate pretty much. Now they're just going to win a bunch of games they shouldn't big. Uh, I'll go with the Vikings. All right. Raiders travel to New York where they are eight and a half point favorites. Do we expect a big Raiders bounce back game? Uh, No, but we expect a cover because just enjoy the stacks of money betting against the Jets. Yeah, I agree. Always bet against the Jets. All right, moving right along. Colts, Texans in Texas. The Colts are three and a half point favorites. The Texans have uh, kind of picked it up the last few weeks. I'm going to go with the Texans. I don't love, uh, I don't love like the future of the Texans. I, I, I mean, obviously, Bill O'Brien leaving is a huge boost for them. Wait, uh, Bill O'Brien was fired? Yeah, yeah. Bill O'Brien getting fired is a huge boost for them. Um, 
But I think, you know, I just think this game is close. Uh, we both predicted a Titans win over the Colts uh, last week. They A huge win. I just feel like even if the Colts come back and win this game, it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, I like the Texans to at least keep it close. I'm going to go with Houston. I agree. I'm going to go with Houston as well. All right. Moving along to the NFC, we got the Rams. This will be a good game. Very important game for this division, especially if the Rams want to keep pace with the Seahawks. The Rams travel to Arizona where they are two and a half point favorites. Now, Arizona's lost two in a row, Joe. I don't want to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals too. I don't like, I mean, obviously it was a bad game for the Rams last week, but I just don't like how they looked last week. And I was, I was on the Rams this year. I thought they would get a bounce back. I thought they had a down season Super Bowl hangover. It, it was more than Goff. I mean, I think we both agree they win that game if Goff plays better, but it was more than Goff. Um, and the Cardinals are significantly better than the Niners at this point, uh, especially with all the injuries. You know, the Niners don't even have a starting quarterback. I, I'm going with a bounce back game for the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm as well. I think Cardinals win the game. All right. Your Giants. Who's playing quarterback for you guys this week? I believe Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy takes his talents to Seattle. Seattle didn't look particularly amazing against Philly in in an odd game, a game where, again, I I didn't like some of these. I I hated Carroll going for it, start the game on fourth and one. Agreed. Take the points. Agree, especially in that game, especially in a game that you know. It's going to be ugly. But, yeah, my problem with it is, like, Philadelphia's offense is trash garbage. It's it's a dumpster filled with garbage on fire floating down a river that's on fire floating towards a, you know, outlet into an ocean that's on fire. It's garbage. So the idea that, like, you don't take three points is crazy to me. Um, not, But not as crazy as the fourth downs that Doug Peterson attempted with Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson doesn't know what he's doing. He's so bad. I've said that the whole time, and I said that again. I I will repeat what I've said. He had a insane run where he just kept hitting. He was playing blackjack, and he kept hitting on sixteen and getting fives for an entire season, and they won the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean it was the right call before that. It doesn't mean it's the right call after. Prior to the Doug Peterson Super Bowl season, as a Giants fan, I was like, I love this guy. He is so dumb with his decisions and they all came together and they won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson is lost. The only two that Doug Peterson will not go for is Jalen hurts. Like <laughs> put fucking Jalen hurts in or don't honestly, I'm a giants fan. So keep Carson Wentz forever. Give him an extension. Um, going back to this game though, I'm 10 point I'm, favorite Seattle. I'm sad. Uh, I think that this would have been a very win or lose. It would have been a very nice measuring stick for the giants uh, with Daniel Jones. Um, But at the same time, tough to obviously travel to Seattle and win Seattle's a better team than the giants. Um, But it would have been nice to see where they're at. And um you know, you kind of pencil in a loss, but I just think it would have been a, a, a great game 
to see where they're at. Now we have Colt McCoy. I just think the offense isn't going to be able to do enough with Colt McCoy. 10 still seems high to me, especially since the Giants will probably run the shit out of the ball and slow this game down. Um, but I'm going to go with Seattle. Yeah, me too. I, I think the defense will keep them in the game, but I think ultimately I'd be shocked if the Giants had more than 10 points. And, and I got to say, uh, as much as I was excited to see where the Giants were at with Daniel Jones, like you don't force Daniel Jones back. You don't rush him back early for a game that you probably don't win with him. Um, I don't want to say that they couldn't win with him, but you probably don't win with him still. So I'm glad that Daniel Jones isn't missing a game against a team that they might lose to simply because they don't have him. So get healthy. Um, it's a tough week for the NFC East in general. I don't think anybody, you know, no easy wins out there on the schedule. So you just got to hope that you're in first place still after this week's over. Yeah. The Eagles travel to green Bay. They are eight and a half point dogs. I am going to ride Aaron Rodgers and that offense all the way to cover. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think it could be a game that seems like the Eagles cover the whole time. It's, you know, that that they uh, they're in it per se, but I just don't think that they. I just think that Eagles offense is bad, and that uh, Packers offense is great, and I just think that they pull away at the end. Yeah, the Patriots travel to Los Angeles, where the Chargers. That game is even right now. So who do you got? I'm gonna go with the Chargers simply because uh, every time. The Patriots show me a little something, give me a little taste. I go, well, here we go. Get a little something. And then they, they let me down. The, the Patriots have yet to show up when I think they will. And I think that they will this week, and therefore I'm betting against them. In fact, I may actually put a little money against them. God, Cam Newton's thrown four touchdown passes this year. Four. Yeah. yeah. Four touchdowns to nine interceptions. That's so bad. Is he in the league next year? Yeah, somewhere. Starting or backing up? I don't know. Mike Freeman thinks he might be the MVP. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> when did Mike Freeman say that? A Prano never forgets. Uh, last year, the start, of, the start of last year when he was on the Panthers. Cam was an MVP candidate for seven weeks, and then he blocked me for saying he was a, a fucking lunatic. God. I really would hate to date you, man. Yeah. I, guess, <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you'd never forget, like, it's crazy. Although you do the same with me. It's basically being, doing a show with you is, is in a weird way, like that type of relationship. Sure is Andy. I mean, you'll never let me forget my awful Johnny Manziel take. <laughs> Pretty bad, right? I mean, I let, look, some things at, at some point I do eventually let him go. Like we, you know, Every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up your Kobe Bryant killer instinct. But, like, we've let that go. Did I use that? Was that one of my arguments? Yeah, you're just like, I don't know, just clutch killer instinct. I was like, man, you got to dig, dig deep into some of these facts. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 I recommend you look at the facts only. That was a 2014 Andy Ruther take. Yeah. That's a bad take, man. Is that what's what's okay? What's real quick? What's my worst take? I mean, I don't think the Johnny Manziel take is that bad. It's like you know, 
I saw a lot of reasons, and I'm not a big college football guy, where like Johnny Manziel wouldn't work out. But like, you weren't the only person that thought Johnny Man- Manziel would be good. Honestly, I think 2014 taking Kobe Bryant over LeBron James, it's it's up there. It's up there. Which is the same year I made the Johnny Manziel take. Right. 2014, a year of bad takes. Hot take Andy Ruther. Coming out of the gate, new podcast, laying, yeah. it, on the, laying it on the line. Jesus. Bad takes. Okay. Like going you, back and seeing pictures of like what you wore in college, you're like, jeez. Yeah. Was I, was I wearing carpenter jeans? <laughs> we got we to destroy these pictures. All right. The Broncos. I don't even was know I who's. carrying a hammer? When was I bringing a hammer with me places? <laughs> The Broncos travel to Kansas City. They're 14-point dogs. I'm going to go Kansas City. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Broncos. I'm going to go Kansas City as well, and uh, it's time for hot take. If Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP this year and they win the Super Bowl, he's my GOAT. I, I knew that's what you were going to say. In terms of what Patrick Mahomes has done – how quickly he's done it, the team success combined with the personal numbers. I'm talking about, we're not talking about legacy. I'm just saying. A legacy, yo. If he comes back and he goes back-to-back Super Bowls, I'm talking about this is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And, and again, this is, this is the LeBron James thing where, you know, people were on me when I'm like, oh, he's the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Oh, he's only got two rings. He's only got one ring. He's only got whatever. It's like, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if he does this and he accomplishes this, and God forbid he decides to walk away from the game forever, and you go, you have, you have one quarterback to start a franchise around in the history of the game. I'm going Patrick Holmes. Well, look. He, he, I think he's the greatest quarterback anyone's ever seen. But to give him a GOAT status after starting three years in the NFL, I can't do that. I'm saying if you start three years. Because longevity is part of it. We agree, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, again, we're talking about he didn't win the MVP. He got hurt last year and didn't win the MVP. But he did win the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP. The year before, he sets passing records and wins the MVP. Gets the AFC Championship game. Tough call. You know, lose, they lose to the Patriots, blah, 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 blah. But year one starting, he comes out. He wins the MVP. He goes to the AFC Championship game. Year two, he gets hurt. Doesn't have the season accolades, but wins the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP. This year, he comes out. Plays, if he plays the whole season, wins the MVP. Like that's like to me, it's like he's there with the like. You can't say, "Oh, this is what." What is Patrick Mahomes missing? Patrick Mahomes is missing nothing. He's missing the longevity. Is what he's missing. Okay, but uh, again, I, th- I think to me there is a distinction between the greatest we've ever seen. If Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP this year, he'll be one of four guys to ever do that to win two Super Bowl MVPs. It's, it's, it's Brady, it's Bradshaw, Montana, Manning, Eli, and Mahomes. He'd be one of five. So you're already, you're already in year three of him being a starter. I'm saying, again, if he does this, not a sure thing, but it looks, it's trending in that direction. They're going to be a tough out. Oh, yeah. And, and that's my point. 
if Patrick Mahomes follows up an MVP year, a Super Bowl MVP year, and then this year they lose in the first round, okay, I'm I'm not on I'm not on the Patrick Mahomes is the goat thing yet. But here's the other thing about Patrick Mahomes. Okay, we have talked forever, and I have talked forever about the balance. The league's leading passer has never won the Super Bowl. And that's because two years ago, Patrick Mahomes doesn't get to the Super Bowl. Last year, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Patrick Mahomes is the Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorite with the offense that's built around Patrick Mahomes. You never you don't really see that. So to have a guy who's dominating the position, pass first offense, the whole thing is him. And they if they go back to back. I mean, if, if Patrick Holmes throws for 5,000 yards this year and they win the Super Bowl, he'll be the second player in NFL history to have 4,500 yards and win the Super Bowl. The other one, of course, being Eli Manning. No big deal. Why do you do this to me? I'm just saying, this is, this is it, th- that's the thing about the balance and the dominance. This, the MVP years isn't when Rodgers wins the Super Bowl. The MVP years isn't when... Brady wins the Super Bowl. Isn't when, you know, like... I mean, it's happened. Yeah, it's happened. But I'm saying the, the guy who has the most gaudy stats has never won the Super Bowl. Has never been the Super Bowl winning QB. I guarantee there's a, a year or two where Brady threw for the most yards that he won the Super Bowl. There has to be. I believe that is incorrect. All right, I'm going to look that up. While I look that up... Let's discuss the Monday night games. There's two. The Steelers play again. There's no line because of that game. Whatever it is, they're going to kill Washington. It's in. It's in Pittsburgh. Uh, right. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll kill them, but I think that they will win the game. All right. The Bills and 49ers are playing in Arizona. The Bills are a point and a half favorite. What? Where is that game being played, by the way? Arizona. But in the Cardinals stadium? Yeah. And the, and the Rams-Cardinals game is also there? Correct. Wow. Playing the next day. Um, what's the spread on that game? One and a half. I'll take the Bills. I like the Bills right. traveling east to west. I'm going to take the Bills as well. By the way, I think you're correct. I'm looking, I'm looking at when Tom Brady led the league in passing yards. He led the league in 2005. They did not. 2007, that's when they lost to your Giants. In 2017, I believe that's when they lost to the Eagles. So any year that he's led the league in passing yards. Right, I believe – Unless something happened recently, I believe it was no quarterback ever has led the league in passing yards and also won a Super Bowl. That's an interesting stat. It's a good stat. And again, I, I, Len, this is, this is actually not me the, doing the, an Eli Manning slurping thing. The, the only guy to throw for 4,500 yards and be the Super Bowl champion quarterback is Eli Manning. So he's not the only guy to throw for 4,500 yards, obviously. 
but it doesn't translate into you having the best team. Sure. Because what it tends to mean is that you're not balanced enough. My point is, is that the, the, the chief's greatness comes from Patrick Holmes, gaudy greatness. Yeah. That's to me, what's putting him on the, like, I'm just saying, listen, if he does it this year, I'm jumping on it early because then when he does one more or whatever, everybody's going to be on board. I'm just going to, I'm going to start the train. The same way I did after LeBron James had won two. I was like, that's it. That's all I need to see. Well, the last game is Cowboys Ravens, which is Tuesday. They're, they're not putting line. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking everywhere. There's no lines up because they Can don't. The Ravens just show up and beat the Cowboys. I don't need the Cowboys getting involved in the NFC East mix. Just beat the fucking Cowboys with Andy Dalton. Well, if. The Cowboys don't stand a chance, I think, if Lamar Jackson plays. But if RG3 is out there throwing some bad pick sixes. Although, honestly, the Ravens defense looked good yesterday. I mean, I know it's a sloppy game. They have a good defense. They have a really good defense. They always do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That is our Week 13 picks. If you have a call, drop us a message. The hotline is 310-359-8365. I'm going into storage today to get a bunch of stuff for the koozies. So I will be sending those out this weekend. Drop an iTunes review with your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you to send you two free Dirty Sports koozies. Just leave it. Just leave a review. That's all it takes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Dirty Sports. You can follow me personally on all social media at Andy Ruther. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok, at Joe Prano on Venmo, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Drink Miller Light and tell me about it. I yeah. need, I need, I need at least one. No, I need a two to one ratio. I need two tweets about your enjoyment of Miller Light for every one randomly started burner account that tells me I eat cock or whatever it is <laughs> yeah they're really graphic this week i don't know why and uh shout out to uh the return of dustonian <laughs> coming in coming in with a burner hey dustonian we see you hitting us with both the same exact tweets and then i was like what's up dustonian he's like huh like come on guy we see you we know you're unbelievable there. all right dirt balls stay safe out there mask it up for us be smart and as always Stay dirty.